Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Paul Hagan. This is Berg. And I'm Vicker. And Peter's here. Hey, Pete. Hey, Pete. Tons of show prep for today. Indeed. <laughs> hey, hey, Berg, do you hear there's a... Um, a kidnapping at the school here in town? No, I didn't. Don't worry, they woke him up. Ah. <laughs> but Why'd you have to stop the stop the vibe of the podcast immediately upon starting it? I don't know. Well, I, 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 because uh, I heard some jokes that I think Berg would really like. Okay. That was one of them. It was pretty good, not gonna lie. Did you know that uh, the other day... Uh, I gave Vicar an apple. Yeah. He said he prefers pears. So I gave him another apple. <laughs> Wait. Is there, is there something wrong? I wasn't recording your audio. Who, mine? <laughs> oh, no. That's why it was bad. That's why the audio was bad from the other day, because I thought I had your mic set up to that microphone input, but I didn't. So, ladies and gentlemen... Clerical error. Wow. Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Tox and Tasting Studio, this is Paul Hagen. This is Berg. And I'm Vicker. Hey, Peter's here. Hey, Pete. We recording? We're good? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, everything's working. All right, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast, the show that shows you... What's behind the collar, take two. Hey, Berg! <laughs> Did you hear there was a kidnapping at school in town? No, I didn't. Don't worry, they woke him up. <laughs> hey, Berg! <laughs> uh, Do you know I gave a- uh, an apple to Vicar the other day? You did. He said he preferred pears, so I gave him another one. <laughs> hey, Berg! If this sounds... <laughs> wait, wait, wait. <laughs> If this sounds forced, it's because we just had a false start on the episode. <laughs> what, do you know what I call a magician that lost his magic? What? Ian. <laughs> that one's pretty good. I like that. You like one. that one? I do like that one. Do you know why mountains are funny? Why? They're hill areas. You <laughs> <laughs> something you like. You know how I'm, I'm uh, Gen X, right? You are most definitely Gen X. Yes. Do you know what generation uh, Forrest Gump was? What? Gen A. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. Are these all off the top of the dome? No, I heard something on the interweb. And I I, I I said, Berg, I might like these. Because he liked dad jokes before he was a dad. It's true. They were pretty amazing. Like I remember one time you laughed for about five minutes about the... The successful farmer. How do you can tell a successful farmer? Because he's outstanding in his field. (laughs) (laughs) How'd the farmer find his wife? He tracked her down. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) My daughter told me one the other day. It was, what do you call a fish with no eyes? What? (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what you call a midget fortune teller who kills people? What's that? A small medium at large. <laughs> and speaking of small mediums at large, don't we have some merchandise there, producer? Where can they find our merchandise? <laughs> do, do we have a fortune teller merch? <laughs> no, small medium at large. Small yeah. mediums and large. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. So we have we do have a merch store. It's uh, store.clerclayers.org for all of your wardrobe needs. Whether you are and by a all, small, I mean, medium, and, and for or at large, for a nominal fee, Berg will actually pray over them for you. I will. I'll be like your little prayer shawl. I don't know if we have time for short stories. We always have time for short stories. The phone's ringing. You think it's important? I don't know. That's we'll a find out later, I suppose. Right. Oh well. We don't want to. We don't want a Chris Christian showing up again. So. <laughs> <Where'd> <laughs> <they go? laughs> what do you have to drink here? Well, uh, I have got some Seven Up, but I also have a. Beer called Tip the Cow. It's a cocoa espresso milk stout. I brought one for Vicar. Would have brought one for you, but obviously it would right. it would kill you. 
So, <laughs> well, you know. I, I, I thank you for thinking of me. I do, you know, and so it has uh, a cow upside down, you know, and uh, it looks awesome. So, what you want to do, Vicar, is get that cow standing upright. Oh. <laughs> and I, I'm having a LaCroix uh, lemon cello, which is uh, another language for uh, lemon. <laughs> Living the dream. I've got water, but I think, Berg, you might really like this. Um, I got a really cool sticker the other day on it, on my water bottle. Check this out. I have to get closer to the computer. My eyes aren't that good. Uh, is it the Luther Rose? On a skull. Nice. Wow. I like that. There you go, Bullhagen. A tattoo idea for your calf. The Luther Ooh. Rose skull. Where'd you get that? That was actually a... Uh, Designed from our graphic designer, Zach. Nice. Did you ask him to I'm, do that, or did he just throw that together? Uh, he did it for something else, and I happened to steal a sticker or two off of him. Nice. He's the one that, that uh, put together our uh, latest logo scheme. It's true. That's right. We are pretty So fly. I actually might see if I can ask him to, if we can put that on our store, because I really like it. Rock on. Hey, hey, Berg, do you know what you are if you are a Subaru going backwards? What's that? You are a bus. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> he tra- see, do you notice he tried to pretend like he didn't like it? <laughs> did you notice that? He tried to pretend like he didn't like it. And then, but I and then, did. And then it kind of rolled off. He'll tell it at school tomorrow. So how's, it, how's your beer? It's good. It's good. Yeah. So, yeah. As long as I don't have to be Napoleon, we can go to Waterloo. Okay. So... But anyway, so we should probably talk about the text. <laughs> yeah, what's the text, Vicar? Well, it's the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 20. Um, how about I read it? Sure. The kingdom of heaven is like a master of a house who went out early in the morning to hire laborers for his vineyard. After agreeing with the laborers for a denarius a day, he sent them into his vineyard. And going out about the third hour, he saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And to them he said, You go out into the vineyard too, and whatever is right I will give you. So they went. Going out again about the sixth hour and the ninth hour, he did the same. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing. And he said to them, Out in their field, sorry. Out in their field. (laughs) Why do you stand here idle all day out in your field? They said to him, Because no one has hired us. He said to them, You go out into the vineyard too. And when evening came, the owner of the vineyard said to his foreman, Call the laborers and pay them their wages, beginning with the last up to the first. And when those hired about the eleventh hour came, each of them received a denarius. Now when those hired first came, they thought they would receive more, but each of them also received a denarius. And on receiving it, they grumbled at the master of the house, saying, These last worked only one hour, and you have made them equal to us, who have borne the burden of the day and the scorching heat. But he replied to one of them, Friend, I am doing you no wrong. Did you not agree with me for a denarius? Take what belongs to you and go. I choose to give to this last worker as I give to you. Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Or do you begrudge my generosity? So the last will be first, and the first last. All right. What does what the, uh, the uh, collect of the day say there, Vicar? It says, O Lord, graciously hear the prayers of your people, that we who justly suffer the consequence of our sin may be mercifully de- delivered by your goodness to the glory of your name, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, hmm. etc., so what do you got? Some like to use this this passage to talk about election. Go on. Because it says, what? how does that end? So the last will be first and the first Before that. last. Is there a part, Vicar, that speaks of election? Am I not allowed to do what I choose with what belongs to me? Yeah. Because I, I read a Walther sermon a while back, mm-hmm. and that's what he focused on. I think he was dealing with uh, those double predestination folks. 
Yeah, and he was probably also dealing with the intuitive fide crowd. Right. Because of the whole predestination controversy and stuff. Right. But I I generally um, use this to talk about uh, salvation by faith and not works righteousness. You know, what do you think your works are actually worth? Yeah, I mean, it's about the generosity of God. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, that he gives to people like they don't deserve. Obviously, the first people who are called that he makes really a covenant with Mm -hmm. are the Jews. Mm -hmm. Um, And then people are called throughout the day, and then these late comers uh, get paid the same amount. Um, I believe if you look at it in the context of the gospel, like right before this, um, Jesus is talking to Peter, and Peter says, hey, you know, we've left wives and homes and lands and everything and you know what will we have and jesus says you know whatever you give up in this life uh you will receive a hundredfold in the life to come right so he mm-hmm. gives them a great promise uh concerning the suffering that they and the privation that they experience here uh, because to be a christian is to suffer to be a christian uh, is to give stuff up it's to bear a cross but whatever you give up here, uh, God will amply reward you in the life to come, and it's a reward by grace. And that's why I think he follows up with this parable, just to show them, too, that it's not how long you work or how much you give up. Uh, all things are done by his grace, as opposed to um, by how long I've worked, for example. So, And what it teaches us is the work that God has given to do it comes from a different place. You know, for example... Uh, um, one of the things that that uh, that antiques that everyone was really excited about—not us, obviously—but it's kind of died behind—is that that purpose-driven life. Remember that stuff? Yeah, vaguely. Where, yeah. where you know, you, you the point of your purpose is to earn like rewards in heaven. Oh yeah, and I mean there are rewards in heaven, right? But there, but, there are. But the the point point I'm making is though is. What faith does is, is you don't do things so that you get a reward. You do it because for the sake of the kingdom, out of love for God and others. But yeah, I mean that that is the point. The thing is, is and that God rewards us according to His grace. And some people He rewards more. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the apostles, the prophets. You know, the the apostles will be sitting on twelve thrones in heaven judging Israel. Mm-hmm. Um, they also went through a decent amount. <laughs> yeah, but it's not because of their achievements or their suffering that they get those things. Those things are given primarily are given by grace. Now, the the happiness and the, or the blessedness in heaven is all the same. Uh, the degrees of glory in heaven will be different, mm-hmm. but that is also by God's grace. Um, just like in this life, there are people who are um, who have different skills, right? to a greater or lesser extent. And, uh, you know, that's from God too, right? Right. So and what kind of glory would a vicar have? That's uh, He'll probably outshine both of us, so. The first will be last, and the last will be first, I suppose. That's, Don't get too full of yourself. That's your saving grace for all of us, right? <laughs> Even the last will be first. Yeah. Right, but it's kind of like this. Like, um, if you think of... Uh, Someone might hear someone who converts on their deathbed, and they think, that's not fair. Here they got to do whatever they want. I mean, what does that say about the Christian life? Yeah, yeah, I mean, and it shows that your heart isn't in the right place either. I mean, rather than rejoicing that you get that you get this wonderful reward of eternal life, right. um, you begrudge your brother. And, right. Uh, it's kind of like the SMP program. <laughs> well, and it's interesting, too, because whenever— uh, Whenever Jesus calls somebody friend in the Bible, <laughs> usually, uh, except for the apostles in the Gospel of John, but usually when he calls somebody a friend, uh, <laughs> he doesn't mean friend. So, you know, and he tells them to go away, right? Right. You have your reward. Um, is your eye evil because I am good? And that's terrifying, especially for those who... Uh, you know, our see everything in our culture, everything that we are, and ev- everything in us, and everything outside of us, it are like these guys who grumbled at the beginning. 
Mm-hmm. They are because we're like we think we deserve it. We think we get we should get more. So so how is this for an application? What happens in a small town church sometimes? You know, my family. Yeah, my family built this church, or um, you know, <laughs> I went I went through confirmation, even though I've been gone for twenty years. You know, I've never haven't darkened the door of the church since then, but. Doggone it, I deserve to take communion here. Right. Or whatever, right? I mean... They're not, they're not actually looking for grace. Yeah, sorry, friend. This isn't your due. <laughs> uh, this is uh, this belongs to Jesus, right? And he gives these things out of his goodwill. I mean, isn't that what grace means? Grace is God's goodwill. So I have a question, question Berg. So when, so when, uh, when we sing, uh, what a friend we have in Jesus, does Jesus think, yes... Friend. <laughs> well, I'm sure to some of the people who are singing. You know, the rest the rest of that hymn isn't so bad. Like stanzas two through four. Right. But the first stanza is terrible. It really yeah. is, right? Because the last stanza is, you know, oh, how does it go? Um Oh what uh oh what peace we often forfeit, oh what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer, right? And it's like, so basically what's that what what that's saying is, well, your life sucks because you didn't pray enough. <laughs> that is what that is saying. And you know what? If everyone knew the rest of the stanzas, that'd be great. But you know what? They only know the first one. Right. Right? So you know. And it it makes it, I don't know, it, I think sometimes it uh there's a confusion there between prayer and the sacraments too, a little bit. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, prayer ha- you know, prayer is our work toward God. It is, mm-hmm. right? And prayer has a great and precious promise to it, um, but prayer doesn't bring you forgiveness. To quote uh, someone, uh, wise philosopher, f- philosopher, <laughs> falafel, philosopher, where he says, uh, "I wanted to pray to God, but." I'm afraid because we hadn't spoke so long. Ah, of course, the great philosopher, Kanye West. <laughs> but Burke knew that. I did. So uh, uh, I thought we'd have a vicar here. There's a well, sec- uh, I just wanted to bring up, too, because, oh. you know, a lot of our listeners, even uh, some of the pastors, might be all screwed up because this Sunday is Septuagesima, okay? Mm-hmm. And if you're on the three-year, uh, or on the one-year, um, you know what that means because you're celebrating it in just a few short hours, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the questions always go on face space and everywhere else is, what do you do for Septuagesima? Do you keep the Gloria? Do you take out the Gloria? Do you keep the Alleluia? Do you take out the Alleluia? Uh, do you have green? Do you have violet? What kind of colors do you have? Oh, yes. And You know, Bullhagen loves those questions. Uh, yes, <laughs> I, I can tell you really love this. So I just want everyone to get along. <laughs> well, no one's over here like, of... what does the book say? Uh. <laughs> Vicar? Uh, <laughs> what do they teach at the seminary? <laughs> well, fear not, dear listener, because all of these questions have been answered for you on the Lutheran Missile blog. Okay. Uh, the Lutheran Missile blog, they have a. That, that website's about to blow up. Yeah. God willing. So uh, they're doing great work over there. Um, they, they've tried to, they're very evangelical about all this stuff. They've done all this great research about kind of what has been done universally in the Mm -hmm. past or as close to universal as possible. Um, and so, um, it's an article called Septuagesimal Strife. So you should look it up. But if you just want the quick, you know, cliff note summary, once Septuagesima arrives, don't sing the Gloria, set aside your alleluias and wear violet. So... That's what the history says. And if you want more information on that, you're going to have to go read the blog. All right. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not doing that yet because I just found out it's a little too late for me, Berg. Well, we're recording a few days before, so. <laughs> but I didn't I didn't sing the I didn't sing the the Alleluia hymn where you say goodbye to all the Alleluias. Epic fail, man. Well, you could sing it Saturday night <laughs> to your wife before you go to bed as you're flexing your calves. <laughs> There you go. So, yeah, they're kind of sore. So the whole reason for that, right, like putting the Alleluia's away, is because of uh, 
you know, Septuagesima means 70, right? Mm-hmm. It's supposed to remind us of the 70 years in exile in Babylon. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they drop out. So I don't know. That To me, that feels kind of long. Well, you know, that's, I'm sure it you felt... You know what I mean? It, it, I don't know. It seems... I, I, I'm sure that's it felt... That's like nine Sundays. Uh, I'm sure the 70 years in Babylon felt long to them, too. <laughs> so... <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I'll, I'm going to wrestle with this, Berg. I'll, I'll be thinking about it. Good. And, you know, if... Like I said, you know, if you want more information... Uh, and, you like, know, if other... I were to do this, so I, I think... I think I would like to probably do like a newsletter article and some teaching rather than just dropping this right away. What do you? Why do you think it'd be a deal? It might be. It, it, really? Be, well, it, the the point is, I wouldn't. I haven't had time to use it as a teaching moment. This is why. And well, you and like you make... could you could just do it, but then the what's the reason for just doing it the whole point is that it's a, you're remembering something and if you just do it you're not remembering anything i mean make a quick announcement before the service right. boom done yeah see because they don't you don't want people oh thinking oh the altar guild messed up well yeah i mean i know we've got green on the altar because i wasn't willing to change it at that point but you know but have you seen our new greens though they look so nice dude i haven't the greens look so good they, they honestly do. do. So. Yeah. So, yeah, dear listener, please uh, go to the website. You can find a lot of interesting stuff there. Uh, I don't, I don't, do you think Berg got my joke, by the way? I, absolutely. He's trucked on by because that's not the first time we've made that joke. Oh. Huh. You know a joke I'm talking about? I'm so. getting that age where I repeat jokes. <laughs> Jeez, there's a kid nap, napping at school today, Vicar. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did hear that, yeah. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I thought of you today. Do you know how I thought of you? I Why was visiting a 98-year-old man, 97, 98-year-old man. Yeah? And I asked him, how are you doing? You know what he said? Living the dream. No. Oh. Steady by jerks. Nice. <laughs> See, if you just keep saying the same things over and over again, people get it. And they don't get sick of it because, well, they will get sick of it after a while, but then it becomes endearing. That's right. So. You're right because, like... I don't know if you know this, Berg. If if anybody tries to do an impression of Berg, they just say "living the dream" over and over again. Yeah, that's it's great. very funny, and that's great. That's, that's that great. too. I haven't said that one in a while. So one thing we haven't done with this with eighteen point that we've done with the previous is uh, animal the, sounds. Yes. <laughs> well, that's that wasn't the goal. See, I that think, one would but, be too easy for right. him because he's used to like. Right. Making buck calls and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yes, can you make a doe and estrus like? noise, please, Vicar? <laughs> I don't think I could. I, w- <laughs> I could find it on my phone. <laughs> I thought you'd have that one, like, like ready to go, like at any any time you need that. Well, you know, the, the thing is that he does have it. He just is, he doesn't want to put yeah. it on a podcast. Okay. Yeah, I saw that twinkle in his eye where he's you like... You saw it, right? Right, yeah. like, oh... <laughs> That was way too fast. <laughs> right. He had a, I'm not that's gonna, a probably tone. I'm not going to cut that silence out. Dude had to press two step two buttons on his phone and it had a deer call. Are you kidding me, man? <laughs> nope. Living the dream. Is that on your home screen? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Incredible. You got to be ready. Anytime. Hey, hey Pete, ready. I'm going to need this uh, turned on here. This, uh, these, uh... Pete, I also have this sound for Berg. <laughs> what is that? What's a kitten? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why do you have a cat in estrus so quickly? Because my, my, <laughs> my two-year-old likes to push all the animal sound oh, buttons. Okay. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to be honest, like... So I have this segment I've done once or twice before. The vicar don't do this. Okay. Uh, the one time I had the pastor who uh, was talking about uh, the perfect wife or how wives should like always look beautiful and. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. The insane one. Right. Yeah, yeah. Was this for? It was like a wedding sermon, right? Right. Ah. Right. I do remember that one. That one was crazy. <laughs> and so with the whole point of hey vicar, don't. Don't do that, right? Right. Right. So I've got a, another one. I only listened, okay? I'll be honest. I only listened for the first 30 seconds. But that was enough for me to, like, 
I can't wait to see where this is going. Okay. All right. So it had a hook. Right. It got me in. All right. <laughs> the reason why is they, Vicar, I'm telling you, there will be times when you're pastor where you will want to do this, but you have to fight the urge. Okay. All right. You're going to want to do it. You have to fight the urge. Okay. It's kind of like um, Lampoon's Vacation. There's one scene that's not very appropriate that cracks me up all the time where where uh, Clark Griswold, everyone's complaining, and he goes, do you know what I think? <laughs> he what goes, does he say after that? I think you're all messed up in the head. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, as a father, I've kind of been there before, and that's why it cracked me up, right? <laughs> but here. I thought it was when they left the dead on to grandma <laughs> on the porch. I actually referenced that in Bible study, and the last person in the world who would laugh and understand my reference yeah, did. <laughs> Anyways. All right, so uh, I was I was hooked right away. Okay. All right? So... Uh, so here's uh, maybe the video might help. Now it won't help the listener, but it might help you guys even better. All right. So if you need me to pause, just let me know. Killed won't do it again, will he? And this is a God institution. And it'd be surprised. I don't go to sleep while I'm talking. Hey, hey, hey! Don't, don't, don't you lay your head back. I, I'm, I'm important. I'm somebody. Now you might do your English teacher that way. But I'm not teaching English. I'm teaching eternal life here. I love you. You know I love you. Have I convinced you I love you? Uh, yeah. You better th- you better nod your head. Yes. All right. Come on. Put it right there. All right. You stay awake and you listen to me. You say, well, he may never come back. Well, he ain't here now. <laughs> He's not wrong. That's awesome. <laughs> Where have you been? Ah. Mr. Underwood. And I noticed on the calendar I'm supposed to marry y'all. What makes you think I'd marry you? <laughs> You're one of the sorriest church members I have. <laughs> You're not worth 15 cents. And you want me to marry you to her? And you want to marry him? And he don't even know where he belongs? And you don't even know where you belong? Now, uh, let me tell y'all everybody here how much I love these kids. <laughs> Do you know I love you, sir? Stand up, big boy. Do you know I love you? All right. All right. Give me a little love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm going to pause it for a second. <laughs> oh, yeah. Honestly, I mean, there's, I like the plain speaking. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the dude is really, and he does. I think he really does love them a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, but it, but uh, the I don't know if the whole public calling out. Well, if you're falling asleep in church, that's true. You know, um, going after the couple, I don't think was. Besides, <laughs> like you're not worth fifteen cents. Yeah, I mean that's that's not cool. <laughs> Because, I mean, I don't think they did anything to deserve it. But the dude who's putting his head back. Right. Yeah, that's not cool. I mean, that's that's a, the parents' job, right? <laughs> Probably was the parents. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You learn anything, Vicar. Yes. But he's but he's right. I mean, he's teaching eternal life. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's not wrong. Um, You know, and I... But honestly, see how I was hooked, like, that first 30 seconds? Yeah. You want me to keep going? Please. All right. You have some thoughts, Vicar? No. All right. I know you are, too, but you ain't been here. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get this in any other church in town. (laughs) Y'all don't want me. All you got to do is tell me we won't have a church fight because I'll get my little Connie and we'll get in her little Buick Enclave. It's paid for. And... (laughs) We'll sell what we need to sell, and we'll go on down the road, and we'll find some little podunk church that don't know up from down, and I'll find me a dozen Joe's baskets who don't have a pot or a window and who'll shout Jesus, and I'll give the rest of my life to them. Yes, stop it. Stop it. That's amazing. Yes. Yes. That is so great. Right? I mean, holy cats. Like, to have the freedom to just say, okay, you don't want me? Dust, take you know, shake, right. shake the dust off my clothes. And but I, I like the, the 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 beautiful details though. Like, yeah, I'm gonna hop in yeah, my I'm, I'm Buick get my, Enclave. Yeah, yeah, that's paid, paid for. for. <laughs> right. Well, and I'm gonna go find a dozen <laughs> Joes who don't have you know, like a nickel to their name who shout Jesus, and I'm gonna give my life to them. 
That's awesome. I mean, isn't that what the Apostle Paul does yeah. when he goes to the synagogues and he's like, you guys have judged yourselves unworthy of eternal life. Right. I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't have the guts to do that. Would you? Uh, I've been tempted sometimes, but. Hence, what did I, how did I frame this? You're so, going to be tempted to. Well, I mean, but that's the thing is, you know, this guy has, this guy is free. Right. It's, it's great. And pastors should be free. Mm-hmm. Pastors should be free to say what needs to be said because I think that's the problem. The problem is like we haven't had the cojones to say what this guy is saying. Right. And part part of that is I think the fact that um cuz cuz we don't know. I mean, we're seeing one video. He could have been dealing with this for 20 years. Right. And he's finally like, "Hey, look, you guys don't want this? Fine." It's a good way to add law to a sermon. <laughs> Well, walk around for a little bit. But, you know, see, that's the problem. It's like we, uh, you know, we we act as if they don't need to hear this really sharp mm-hmm. law. And they do. Like, right. um, we all know churches and congregations who are meat grinders, mm-hmm. who treat pastors terribly. We know this. And yet no one ever says anything. And it they just keep getting away with it. And it's not good for them. It's not good for right. their souls. Right. So, I mean, at the very least, he's warning them mm-hmm. that, hey, and he's like, you know what? I'm free. I'll move on to the next place, find mm-hmm. 12 people who believe, even if they're poor, and I'll serve them. I, I don't know. There's, there's, there's something. There's something that struck a chord with you. Oh, there's just something so beautiful about that. And what, that, I, what I meant was what, 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 what kind of handcuffs us a little bit is the fact that, um, you know, back in you know, when there was one church, like you're out, you're out. Now people just say, well, I'm just going to go down the road. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. Which doesn't do them any good. But, you know, I think the apostles had to deal with this stuff, right? Yeah. I mean, look at Galatia, look at Corinth. I mean, you know. This has got you fired up, doesn't it? I mean, well, you know, I I think it's true. I mean, you know, really, I think they, they had the same problems that we did. Mm-hmm. You know, you had a lot of house churches in Corinth. You know, some saying, well, I follow Apollos, I follow Paul, I follow, I've, I'm i a super Christian and I follow Jesus. You know, I mean, and Paul had to deal with all this stuff. So so maybe we might be, you might, I might be turning on this vicar. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, I like the freedom that this guy I do. has. I do, actually. Because, like, you know, and I've thought about this a lot, too, like, we get so tied, and pastors are so tied with their debt that they their de- Buick Enclave isn't paid for. Yeah, they're, and, they're stuck. And yeah. They're stuck, and they're not free, and they're not free to speak the gospel in the way that it needs to be spoken, both law and gospel. And you know, because they're afraid that their children are going to go hungry. And uh, so, I tell you, what, I give this guy a lot of I, I give this guy a lot of credit because, like. He's he's free to just you know right let 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 justice be done even though the heavens fall and he does show that it's just he that he cares about them he does this guy this guy truly loves his congregation otherwise he wouldn't be telling them this kind of stuff you know what it reminded me of though Doctor Scare's class yeah he, he is free in there he is free in there so you want to hear more of course. What? This guy's this close to dropping a an album, I swear. Oh. Are we going to do the remix, Peter? It's your next ringtone. I'm not interested in recreating the prostitute of the church. Amen. You remember when I came here, Kelly? You remember where your wife was, where your sisters were? Do you remember where they were? And we made holy war. Do you remember that? Stay with me. Don't quit me. Oh, Brandy. Oh, Brandy's a sweet girl and she's got her children. Yes, y'all are good and y'all are fine, but your children will turn on you if you don't hold up the standard and the banner of God. And if they don't turn on you, they'll just, you'll just produce nice little whirlians. Oh, that's great. Burke has a new hero. Man. Well, are y'all keeping the camera on me back there in the little video room? (laughs) We're having trouble in the video room. (laughs) <laughs> you, you've been quiet, Peter. He doesn't want to be canceled. <laughs> That's why I said there's part of like, like I said, 
there's a temptation for us all just to say that and maybe we should. Yeah, I, I maybe we should because I tell you what, I've you know, when he was talking to that one dude, you know, where you know, where was your wife and where were your sisters? You know? And he says, Stay with me, right? Mm-hmm. Um there you know, I've had that experience where you know, you've you fought with you fought for people and with people for the good, you know, for their family's good, and then they turn on you and they leave. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, no, I I don't know. This is there's a lot here that's just very good. All right, I'm going to keep going. There's no one finer than Young Cox back there. And he comes down here, and spends hours in that thing, but he has a little attitude adjustment that we're going to fix. Brother Cox, you listening? Because, Mother Cox, I can fix your attitude adjustment. Now, I don't care what your mama thinks and your daddy thinks. And I don't have a better friend than your mama. But, Mama, you get out of my way when I'm messing with that boy because I'm his preacher. I'm yours when I'm talking to you. But I'm his when I'm talking to him. And last I checked, he's a grown man. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) That video room is going to... (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Man, this is this got well, you fired. Well, up. this is like what Jesus says to his mom when you know she's like, "Well, they have no wine," expecting him to do something, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Woman, what does that have to do with me?" That's the same attitude here. It's like, look, yeah, you may be his mother, but I'm his preacher, and I gotta, I gotta talk to him. Like that's my office. That's my duty. Right. right. So not listening. There's some of this, right? Like I said, I only listened to the first now, now, 30 seconds, is, and I was hooked in. Is he just venting his passions? Kind of. Right. And that, that shouldn't, you know. is the, Yeah, the public thing. Well. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, some of them are, should have been done. Like, yeah, if he's got an attitude problem, he probably needs to not do that in front of the whole congregation. But unless they saw it all. Right. You know. Although there, there, is, there is something that... Um, at least everyone there can attest what was actually said. Yeah, exactly. So, you want to hear more? Yeah. Hear more of your hero here, Berg? <laughs> here we go. Be a youth hangout. We might as well just fix this thing. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Well... If you don't know what you're doing wrong, son, you don't care about what I want to do right. Because if you loved me and you submitted to me, you'd know what my heart is and my message is, and you wouldn't go about establishing your own kingdom in the video room. He's drinking some water. Really feel good now. (laughs) It's good water. Yeah. I don't know what the kingdom in the video room thing is, but... Oh, you could apply that to I mean it's groups at church too that Right, where they actually Yeah, I've I've had that too. Where you have groups you go talk to them and then after you leave they uh Right. That, you know. That was the temple that Jesus cleansed. They were building their kingdom on earth. Right. They're they're a commercial their commercial empire. And they didn't recognize the king when he walked in the room. Mm-hmm. Or like when they come up to you and say, Oh well, Pastor, you know. You don't. You don't actually have anything mm-hmm. to say. It, it. You know. There's. It is something like when you read the Gospels. What is one of the things that amazes the people that he preached with authority? Yeah. So I. I. Well, he and he could because he he knew and saw their hearts. So he spoke right to them. Right. And he he was in you know informed. So so your what your point was saying is we should be able to be able to this free. Right. Now, did this guy's passions get away from him? Yeah. Yeah. Um, should he have gone after the married couple? That wasn't a public sin, right? Mm-hmm. In front of everybody. I mean, maybe you could make the case with the kid who's in the video room monkeying around. Mm-hmm. You know. But honestly, you know, there was a lot of good here. Right. And, and it was spoken out of an instinct from of faith, Right. Right. Um, and out of love. Mm-hmm. I mean, this it, is like a frustrated and exasperated father speaking to his wayward children. 
Mm-hmm. And you know what? Is that really all that bad? Right. I mean, I, I don't think so. I mean, if we're supposed to be, you know, spiritual, you know, fathers to our to our congregations, I mean, I mean, you know, like. You're, you're quiet. Pete, what do you think? I'll be honest with you. I'm working on the rap remix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Vicar? It's like it's like the annual church meeting, but a, a come to Jesus meeting or something. Yeah. Right. So I don't know. That I was, mean that that's an idea. They should allow pastors to have a one one meeting a year, open mic, <laughs> unfiltered. What do you really want to say? Well, I mean, everybody else gets to do it at the voters meeting when they can bring up stuff behind your back after you leave. So, you know. But but I, I do I do understand like the the freedom aspect of where he's Yeah, and you know what? Sometimes these hard truths have to be said. And they're not getting said. And mm-hmm. we wonder why our congregations aren't healthy. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think there are congregations that need to be told, hey, uh, you need to clean up your act or we're not going to serve you anymore. Right. I mean, it just, it needs to happen because uh, people just, they get away with murder. They do. And and for him, he's really trying to show concern for their souls. Right. And I mean, you know, every pastor that I know feels the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, and it is. I mean, it is frustrating and it's sad. And and then you you try to keep a level head and you say, well, they're weak, they're weak, they're weak. Well, there is a point where it's no longer weakness anymore. It's stubbornness. Mm-hmm. And you treat a, a stubborn child the same way you treat a weak child? No. Well, you shouldn't, right? I mean, not if you're a good father, not if you're a good you know, zeal Zorga, right? Mm-hmm. Care, you know, curate of souls. Well, that, that wound so, up being even more interesting than the, the just the, like I said, I only listened to the first 20 or 30 seconds of him calling <laughs> out people. Then he just he continues. Hey, we should, we should invite him to the podcast sometime. That would be kind of fun. Although I'm not sure if he would like our video room. So <laughs> That's right. <laughs> He'd have something to say about the beer you're drinking. Probably, <laughs> but we could have that discussion, which would be kind of fun. So, so all right. So uh, that was a segment. I kind of like listening to these different things once in a while. Right. Well, Vicar, you learn anything? Yep, that was a good one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we still have. We kept on promising to clean out our Hannah box. Yeah, we still have much to do. Because we were going to do that for two episodes, maybe, and we got carried away. So, uh, what what do, what do we have from from Hannah? Is there something you'd like to tackle? You'd like to do a news that bothers Burke, or is that question? She's probably had to send her RSVP already. <laughs> right. Well, there was another question too. Uh oh, I just got to find it here. So, in uh, Hannah says, "Hello, clerics. I appreciate Berg's recent attempt to remove the glossy varnish on the t- nativity scene." So we, it's it's uh, mid-February, so we're finally getting to this. <laughs> um, but I spotted a nit to pick. The Lutheran confessions hold to the perpetual virginity of Mary, do they not? So at least according to my pastor, this means that baby Jesus passed through the uterine wall in the same way he passed through other walls after the resurrection. Would that negate the need for a second stage of labor, i.e. pushing? And if you're getting rid of the second stage, you don't need the excruciating transition. And at that point, you might as well throw out the first stage of labor, too. I'll grant that baby Jesus probably was properly covered in Vemix. So, happy 11th day of Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what? Uh, Hannah, at this point, probably wants to to do that pastor to us. Right. And you, Berg. (laughs) And Vicar. Bullhagen, pay attention for once. All right. So um, it's interesting. There are actually two questions here that Hannah has. Uh, one has to do with the clazo utero, which is the closed womb. 
you know, did Jesus pass through the uh, the walls of the womb mm-hmm. uh, and kept the womb closed? Um, and then the perpetual virginity of Mary, okay? Was Mary a virgin uh, after... Um, now, Vicar well, well, did talk about a little of this know, at the last podcast. Oh, he did. Stealing all my thunder. So Maybe, maybe he came to a different conclusion, though. <laughs> we'll see. Because he was talking about the book of James. Ooh, the brothers of our Lord. Oh, well, we'll talk about a little bit of that. All right, so Hannah's question. All right, so uh, here's some information from uh, the Bayer Walther Compendium, which was the dogmatics textbook uh, for the early Missouri Synod. Um, Distinct from the scriptural doctrine of Christ's virgin birth is the question whether Mary gave birth to the Son of God with closed womb. The Lutheran dogmaticians leave this question undecided, but declare that the clauso utero the closed womb, is possible because of the communication of divine attributes and Christ's illocal mode of subsistence. Bayer, for instance, says, but that other doctrine which some believe, namely that Mary gave birth to her son Clauso Utero, is uncertain. So, um, not all Lutherans believed that the womb remained closed, okay? That's the first thing, and we'll get to the Book of Concord and what that's... Uh, what, I, guess the, it, I guess power depends upon how you define virginity. So, I mean, that, that, so the question why this is very important, okay? Um, there, there's a reason why uh, people talked about Christ passing through the closed womb uh, like he did through the walls of um, the locked the, room the, at the residence. Yeah, the, yeah, the locked room and, yep. and the walls of the tomb, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a reason for that, and we'll get to that, okay? So here it is. It is curiously asked whether the teaching of the virgin birth demands that a clauso utero be likewise taught. It is sufficient to teach that Jesus was born without destroying her virginity. The Calvinists, denying the communication of attributes, teach that Jesus was born from an open womb because he could not have been born from a closed womb. But we teach the communication of attributes and so also the possibility of a birth clauso utero. Okay? So the whole point was is that we were fighting against the Calvinists who said, well, um, the godly attributes of like being omnipresent, omniscient, mm-hmm. those weren't communicated to the human nature, and right. so Jesus couldn't pass through the womb, through the closed womb. He had to climb in a window in the locked room, and some Calvinists actually thought this. <laughs> okay, and even more importantly, that means he can't be on the altar in communion. Right. Right. And so the Lutherans, because the Calvinists were saying, well, Jesus can't do that, right? So we're like, well, yes, he could. And so we're going to say— So it was a reaction to the Calvinists. And I think a really good reaction because we have to say that even as a baby—and this is why, too, I've kind of gotten sick of some of the hymns where it says, you know, Jesus left his throne in heaven, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, to become man. Because it's not totally true. Our confessions say that Jesus, even at even in the womb of his mother, was sitting upon the throne of heaven. Right. Because he's still God. Right. Right? And, uh, you know, this gets us into then uh, the state of humiliation where he does not use his divine power and knowledge and authority mm-hmm. all of the time. Right? Um, so that's the whole point. Right? That... Could Jesus have passed through a closed womb? Absolutely. So what does the formula of Concord say on this? Um, Well, this is paragraph 100. It says, Secondly, the incomprehensible spiritual mode according to which Christ neither occupies nor vacates space but penetrates all creatures wherever he pleases according to his most free will as to make an imperfect comparison my sight penetrates and is in air, light, or water, and does not occupy or vacate space, as a sound or tone penetrates and is in air or water or board and wall, and also does not occupy or vacate space. Likewise, as light and heat penetrate and are in air, water, glass, crystal, and the like, and also do not vacate or occupy space, and much more of the like, many comparisons of this matter could be adduced. This mode he used when he rose from the closed and sealed sepulcher and passed through the closed door to his disciples and in the bread and in the wine of the Holy Supper, and as it is believed when he was born of his mother, the most holy Virgin Mary. Okay? So, that as as it is believed there is a different clause, right? It puts this into a 
secondary category right. from those other things. Right. So so it's not it's not saying it's admitting we don't know. Right. But and, it could. And so the Bayer Walther compendium says that this is uncertain. Uh, even the formula of Concord, by being set apart in this way as it is believed, I can't remember what the German is uh, in the Latin, but the whole point is is that this is a, a this is not an article of faith, right? Some Lutherans believe that, and it's wonderful to do so. I believe that it's a possibility, and if I find a dirty Calvinist who wants to fight me on it, I will confess it until they burn me at the stakes. So. Right. Because so, you love them. <laughs> because I love them. Give them a hug. So, the second question is the Semper Virgo, the perpetual virginity of Mary. So, after Christ's birth, did Mary have other children by Joseph? The early church believed in the Semper Virgo. Uh, Luther sure did. Uh, he calls Helvidius, a teacher of the 4th century, whose writings were condemned by Jerome, calls him that fool was also willing to credit Mary with more sons after Christ's birth because of the works of the evangelist, and Joseph knew her not until she had brought forth her firstborn son. This had to be understood as uh, as though she had more sons after her firstborn son. How stupid he was. He, re- he received a fitting answer from Jerome. <laughs> Luther's awesome sometimes. So Quenstedt deals with this in his Systema. Uh, he deals with the different arguments for and against uh, whether Mary had children or didn't. So a lot of people use the until from Matthew one twenty five, right? Joseph didn't know her until... Um, that, that's not necessarily a strong so, um, proof. So, yeah, some people would say, well, then then uh, Joseph know, knew her after, right? Right. But the until here denies the past without determining the future. We see it in Matthew 28.20, right? Mm-hmm. I will be with you... Always. Until the end. So does that mean at the end of the age, Jesus won't be with us anymore? No. Right? So, you know, that's one of his arguments. Second one is firstborn from Luke 2, 7. Um, The answer is simple. For for in the law, when they are commanded to offer the firstborn to the Lord, the sense is not that that there must be born after the first. By the way, uh, another support of this is this explains why Joseph died early. (laughs) Ha! Yeah, exactly. Um, brothers and sisters could mean cousins or half-siblings from Joseph. Um, the way the peeper comes down on it is, if the Christology of a theologian is orthodox in all other respects, he is not to be regarded as a heretic for holding that Mary bore other children in a natural manner after she had given birth to the Son of God. Since this question is a purely historical one, it is best not to spend too much time on it. And what do people spend too much time on at seminary? This. Things like that. Things like this. <laughs> Anything to distract him. You know, you, you know me well enough to think um, that I'm like, why does it matter? That that's we we call these a nerd fight at the seminary. Some just don't engage. Yep. It's you know, but but v- vicar, you got us. What did you say last week though? I said that <laughs> scripture testifies to Jesus having brothers. Right, and, and brothers can mean, you know, cousins or half-siblings from Joseph. I suppose they could, but it's not written that way. Well, Adelphus can mean that, so... I I mean, I personally, I go back and forth every day on it. I mean, more than likely, you know, I... It would be a weird marriage if they never did the right. things that married people did. That would be super weird. Right. Well, isn't that what consummated a marriage as well back then? No, it was the promise. So, like, he would have had to divorce her quietly, even though they were only engaged. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is why engagement is actually tantamount to marriage. I've heard that. Which is why you should actually do marriage counseling before you get engaged. Now the 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 that doesn't mean because we could have a we could have a fight on that right. that'd be great I'd love that well, right so so but you're not saying but pastor we can live together because we're engaged nope you can't because that's actually against the fourth commandment and the sixth commandment right but it's tantamount to marriage uh it has to they they actually have to because what is marriage I have a question how often do you wear, use the word tantamount outside of this context uh every once in a while do not you? very often. 
I, so, I'm not sure I know what that means. I have something for you, though, on jo- um, Jesus' brothers. Yeah, please. The the names of them, right? Mm-hmm. One of the things I was reading about how we've got uh, the brothers James, Joseph, and Jude, right? Mm-hmm. And that comes from the the James is also from, is it Jacob? Yep. So Jacob. Right. Because they are from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the family of Judah. So you've got Jacob as the patriarch's name, Joseph, the next one named after his earthly father, you know, his father. Yep. And then Jude because they're from the tribe of Judah. So the names also testify to that family. It would be kind of weird to name your cousin after his uncle or something, wouldn't it? I don't know. Have you met the Prices? <laughs> well, see, no. <laughs> this is where I went, Vicar. Like, you have three daughters. All their names start with... A. <laughs> That's another one. Yeah. <laughs> Who does well, well, that? They all start with J. They well, have well, to be related. And honestly, this might not be the strongest exegetical argument, <laughs> but I. Uh, what's what's always been, I think... One of the more convincing things for me is on the cross in the Gospel of John, um, Jesus gives care of his mother into uh, into John, who is not a, a relative. Mm-hmm. I have an answer for you on that. Oh, please. Well, James should have been the next eldest brother to care for Mary, right? But until the resurrection, there's evidence he wasn't even a believer. There's a lot of scripture testifying to Jesus's brothers, he even said, or the Bible says, and even his brothers didn't believe in him. Mm-hmm. But also, but as a good Jew, he would have taken care of his mother. John is the only apostle that didn't die martyrdom, and Jesus foreknew that. Well, that to me is actually a stronger case that that uh, these are half brothers from Joseph and not from Mary, because. Uh, or foster brothers, or stepbrothers, or whatever you want to say, because then they have no. Um, because because why would he take that away from from biologically from someone who is supposed to care for them? I mean, later on in the God in the the epistles, uh, Paul says that um, uh, you're to care for your own family. Anyone who doesn't is worse than an unbeliever. I would also say that he needed somebody that would minister to her grief because um, an unbeliever doesn't provide that appropriate ministering to the grief of a Christian. But uh, he would have known that she would be, that that they would be converted. Later. And then martyred. (laughs) Rocked to sleep. But not right away. Yeah. Because he took her into his house from that day forward. Right. Nerd fight. Nerd fight. (laughs) Hey, I'm just (laughs) opening this up as I read it. And, you know, the scripture testifies to it. Hey, me too. Yeah. So. Yeah. See, the thing is, what I like about this whole discussion is, is in answering the question, you are both seeking to honestly look at Scripture to answer it. Yeah. As opposed to the Calvinist, he says it doesn't make sense. Right. Logically. Right, and and that's the thing, or even tradition, because tradition can be wrong. Right. I mean, the, and so the early church fathers were wrong once in a while. Uh yeah. Have you read some of their stuff? <laughs> Yikes. Oh, well, I thought we were supposed to, in seminary papers, just quote them as it's, they're always the gospel truth. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> but that's why we do need to know the scriptures and continue to engage it. And uh... Fist bump there. Uh, and it's I can fun. tell, yeah, Vicar's heart is beating. Look at that. Hey, it's fun. <laughs> I I love it, you know. We have a good pro- seminary professor, Dr. Scare, who loves like errors of the Bible. He uh, just says, bring them in so we can debunk them and talk about how silly they are. Right. Well, and that's why just there's so much to do. Everybody wants to read all this other stuff, and it's like, we've got enough to do with the Bible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So should we uh, do uh, some news at Bothersburg? Or are we over time? Um, we're right at about time. Well, thank you for listening. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. And may your... May your uteros be closed. Thank you for joining us. 
This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.